WorldTalkRadio.com, the World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona. We had an amazingly wonderful big storm last night. So everything is fresh and clean and moist, and that's wonderful on the desert. Um, It's always gorgeous here. What a wonderful place to live. This week on the Self-Improvement blog, you'll find a series of nine videos of an HBO special called Life After Life which has everything to do with our topic today, and I encourage you to watch all nine of those. They go so quickly, and it's very, very well done. Uh, Certainly a professional job and very informative. Uh, Gives you both sides, and um, I think you'll find it interesting. We have some interesting articles this week as well. We have a delightful article on called, I love this title, Be Happy by Resigning as Center of the Universe. Some interesting thoughts in that. We have one on life after life. Death is merely a changing room that also coincides with today's show topic. We have one, if you see the black cat, that one's about superstition, and we hope we get to talk about that today as well. We have an article by our show guest today, Gratitude from the Grave by Donnie Tash. You can find all of these at theselfimprovementblog.com. Hope you go and visit, stay a while, look around. There's all kinds of yummy stuff there. Um, so just in, just enjoy it. There are a lot of things in life that we really simply don't understand. You know, some people understand electricity, but I don't. I can't see it. I, I don't understand how it works. I use it. I know it's there, but I can't explain it. As a nurse, I know how the human body works. I know all of its parts and how they work together, but I can't explain how the mind works the way it does. I can't really understand in a way that is convincing what gives us life. Um, We all have our own ideas about that, but, you know, how do we know, you know, what happens when we die is one of the biggest questions we have, and there really aren't any absolute answers. Opinions range from the idea that we simply cease to be to a belief that our spirit continues and we come back and get to do it all over again. Now, you can pick all kinds of things that range in between there. You know, do we go to a place? You know, is there a place called heaven? Hell? 
Purgatory, Limbo, what about those places? What about the Bardos? And do we have one lifetime or do we have a whole bunch of them? People take adamant stands on both sides, but the bottom line is we really don't know. There are a lot of TV programs about the paranormal. And there are movies that deal with ghosts, you know, like What Dreams May Come. I love that one with Robin Williams. Meet Joe Black. How can you not love that one? Uh, Heaven Can Wait. And, of course, there's Ghostbusters. All of these are dealing with with spirits of people who have already crossed over. What we do know is that we're all going to do it. We're all going to die someday. And I find great comfort in thinking that there'll be some way that I can let the people who are left here uh, know that I'm okay. I, I, I really have to hang on to that. You know, we all hear about mediums. We've seen them on TV. We've seen them on the Internet. You know, it's a bit controversial no but by now you've probably figured out that I'm not one to run away from controversy and if I think it's going to help people define what they believe or if I think that it's going to help them find comfort in their grief then let's get a little controversial today we're going to be working with a medium and we have one of the best the best of the best is what I call Donnie Tash Donnie's a retired psychotherapist. Imagine that, a psychotherapist who's now psychic. Hmm. He specialized in cognitive behavioral therapy and was a certified addiction counselor. After he retired, he moved to Arizona to enjoy life. You know how that goes sometimes. We retire and a health problem hits us, and that's what happened to Donnie. Only I'm going to let him tell you that part of his story. He tells it so much better. Now he serves as a bridge for people to reconnect with their loved ones who've crossed over. And he can also communicate with pets. Truly, truly he can. My puppy would tell you that if my puppy could speak English. He only speaks dog. And somehow Donnie can talk sense to that little puppy. He's a co-founder of the website PsychicLibrary.com, which is an interactive and educational site dedicated to the psychic metaphysical realm and it's beautifully done and I encourage you to go see it we'll talk more about it later today we're going to talk about gratitude from the grave using hopefully some sound bites we're having just a little difficulty with the sound bites and if we don't get them we'll we'll just tell you about them from a reading that he did in my uh, you know with someone at my house you know perhaps we'll do a live reading and we're going to talk a little bit about superstitions I'm delighted to welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show, Donnie Tash. Donnie, welcome. Oh, it's great to be back, Irene. It's great well, it's always lovely to have you because um, you, you really have so much to say. For the listeners who don't know your story, tell us about yourself. How did a psychotherapist become a psychic medium? Well, last time, you know, when we had the opportunity to talk on the radio, I explained I had to have a surgery, and something went terribly wrong during the surgery. Um, What went wrong, I really don't know, other than I ended up in a coma. And um, from that point on, you know, things were very vague to me, other than, you know, just trying to figure out what had happened you know, what I've gone through and 
trying to understand where I was, basically the point when I woke up. You know, that, How long were you so, in a coma, Donnie? I think it was about 14 days. I think it was on 14 days. They were they had me, I think, dead that night, and then they put me on life support. And then um, I think it took about 14 days for me to come out of the coma. That's that a point. long time. That point, yeah. So keep going. Well, I mean, what else can I say? Um, there was a whole bunch of things that had to happen. I had to learn to walk again. Had to learn. I forgot a little bit of language. Um, I really had to learn life over again in a lot of ways. And um, it was things were different to me. Everything was different. You know, I don't know if the anesthesia or whatever it was. I wasn't the same person I was prior to this coma. In what ways? Um, there was a lot of confusion, I'd say, for about the first year. You know, what, the, what took place, what happened, loss of memory, and things like that. But other things were changing in my life. And I was becoming very sensitive to a lot of things around me. People, uh, animals. Just in general, I got this heightened sensitivity to things. And um, when I was recuperating, I would have to walk with a walker, and I would. we had a little walkway behind here. And at first, I had, my head was down quite a bit for a while, just kind of trying to make it so I don't trip over my feet. Right. And, but as I started noticing people walking by, I was getting feelings about them, just Comfortable, uncomfortable, are they happy, are they sad? You know, just different, what we'd call vibes. Right. People. So it was very, very, you know, odd to me that I was getting so sensitive to people. Where, you know, as a therapist, I could pretty much close down. <laughs> and not really you had to. Yeah, you have to. You can't really, you know, get involved in all the emotions other than explore them with an individual. So as time went on, I noticed the sensitivity was growing. And it was getting to the point where I was almost envisioning things about these people as I'd walk by them. Mm. I really never stopped anybody or talked to anybody, but I remember taking a break, walking, and I had the most vivid, and I, I say it's like an eight millimeter movie in my head, go on, of a very loved uh, aunt that we loved very much that passed on. And in this movie... It also it was very strange that it had a soundtrack, because most of all 8mm movies didn't have soundtracks. No. But along with this, I'm getting a message of there's a blood problem, there's a blood problem, and she gave the name of the individual, and there was some sadness. Kind of shrugged it off for a little bit. I came back home, and I started to talk about this. You know, this, these things that I'm hearing or feeling or sensing. With a little research, we found out that... Um, this woman who had passed, it was her son, uh, was simply supposed to go in for a hip surgery operation, which I didn't even know about, but he ended up having a blood infection. And along at the same time, one of her grandchildren had lost a baby. So it was that was sort of like the start of it. Was and that a surprise to you that all of that was affirmed? I would say odd. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! It was kind of odd because I validated it. 
And what happened was more and more little scenarios would start playing out when I was around people. But I didn't say much, you know, because it's still, I, you know, being a psychotherapist, I'm wondering if I, it's the anesthesia in me still. It takes a long time. I don't care anybody who goes under anesthesia. It takes a lot of work out of your system. So I'm, you know, pretty skeptical about it, but it was very interesting to me that this was happening. Slowly but surely, you know, one by one, I would talk with somebody and I would get a message and I would kindly ask them, does this name or this person mean anything to you? And they were like quite a puzzle why I'd be asking. I said, I don't know. I just feel this name around you. And people were very, you know, gracious to me. They would engage me and we'd talk about it. And then little stories would come up and connected with this individual. And these people were people that had passed in their lives. Now, at this point, I didn't know what to call myself. I didn't didn't know anything about psychic medium. I didn't know anything like that. I'm just kind of picking up on all this different stuff. You know, I didn't know any training in it or anything. Yeah, sure, I've watched, you know, some of the renowned psychics on TV, but I wasn't equating any of that to this. I just thought this was just odd, but it was okay. And, and And as I mentioned before, these psychic abilities were handed to me very gracefully. They came slowly. Yes. Or as that, I was recovering, that I learned how to tune them in a little bit better. And it's been a couple years now, so I think you know, I got a little bit better handle on it. But, you know, it was given to me slowly. I took my time. I was very cautious about who I talked to about. In fact, there's many people I didn't want to tell because they'd say I was overboard anyways, you know. And, you know, so I... The taking my time, asking people questions, and finding out when I, the information I was giving them was accurate. What was and, and was you were really almost always right on, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I didn't miss a thing. But the problem is, you know, that sometimes names will come in very jumbled. You know, as sounds or something like that. So I would be asking somebody, do you have somebody with a strong L, R, O, R, R, L, or like it could be a, like an Eleanor? I'm not guessing at a name. It's that actually the letters and the combinations become very, a little bit jumbled. It's like a very bad cell connection. So, you know, oh, like the cell connection. And with the people going very anxiously, would, you know, and, and excitedly go, yes, that would be my Aunt Eleanor. And I said, and was she, was it that I feel that she had pain that, you know, or, or she died by um, almost like a suffocation or something? And we'd find out what the illness was. So sometimes these messages would come through, and I would do it. It's not like everybody I walked by, I got something. But details were getting, you know, stronger as time was going on. And you were accurate, so you knew that it was safe to work with that information. Right, but cautiously, very, very cautiously. It's time for us to take a break. I want to talk more about ways to get information when we come back. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show saying stay tuned so we can hear more from Donnie Tash.
Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio. Are you looking to improve your personal or professional branding? What about your business? We've got a program that will help streamline your image management. Tune in to Marketing Matters, hosted by Yasmeen Anderson-Smith. Your business and public image is important to your customers' perceptions. And in this day and age, how you market yourself or your company can make the difference between running a successful business and shutting it down. Marketing Matters can be heard every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1 866 613 1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Donnie Tash. Before the break, we were talking about how his abilities to receive information from those who've passed over, how that developed in him after an illness. And many of us wonder how psychics, how mediums get their information, and and Donnie's willing to talk about that. So, Donnie, tell us how you get your information when you do a reading or when you get information from someone on the other side. How does that come through? Okay, usually when you sit down with somebody, I clear my mind. And when somebody either solicits me for a reading or whatever, mostly if somebody's going to ask me a question, I clear my mind. And if you ever start up your computer, you know that, like, icons kind of pop up sometimes slowly, names pop up slowly, and as the computer's, you know, warming up. Right. Okay, so if I sit down with somebody... Usually, I might get one or two icons. Let's put it that way, imagery or icons. So you see something. Yeah, right. You know, when I get there, either an image or a name may come up. But I found, even before we get to this, how I see things, you know, I had one individual schedule an appointment with me. And I said, was there any reason that you wanted to meet? She says, oh, no, I just, we'll see what happens, who comes up. And I said, you sure there wasn't an issue? Well, most people don't go to a psychic medium unless they're looking for something. Right. <laughs> when she finally sat down, um, I just all of a sudden saw a tarot deck. And I said, have you done tarot before? And she goes, yeah, I was doing tarot for a while, but I don't do that anymore. So that's like an imagery. If I sit down with somebody and I see a tarot deck, I will ask them, what is your relationship to a tarot deck? Then maybe something else will come in it another picture or another name. 
And well, I'll thanks. ask about do you that. Get, do you hear the name or is it written out inside your mirror? Do you get a, an image of something that represents it? I actually, see, I actually will see a tarot deck okay, and want to know what her connection is. So there's a lot of question asking, you know, during a psychic reading. And that's where people get a little skeptical. Well, he's picking, he's guessing. No, I'm just trying to clarify the image I'm getting in my head. That's all I'm trying to do. I didn't make it up. I'm not guessing she played with tarot. I had no idea this woman even saw a tarot deck in her life before. Um, and then... We were talking, and there was an issue she was talking about. Um, she was curious about starting up some type of company. And I says, well, I'm not a financial, you know, financial advisor, but, you know, let's see what comes through here. I can't guarantee you anything. And some names started coming through. And all of a sudden, the next thing I saw was uh, impact, a car crash, a woman in a car crash. And I got a name. And I asked her about this name. And then I said, was there an impact, like a car crash? And it was exactly that. Now, how I got the name, it came through exactly like I said before, Lenore, Lenore, whatever. It wasn't that name, but it was a name like that that could be interpreted any, you know, in several different ways. Right. But it was the actual vowels and sounds, and it was that. We kept going on. And so as I'm saying, as the little icons are loading up in my brain, um, all of a sudden I'm seeing an older gentleman that is smoking cigarettes down to the butt, just down to the butt. And fingers are as brown as can be, you know, the old days when they have filters and stuff like that. And I said, who's crossed that? smoked the cigarettes down to the butt. In fact, her fingers were brown. And she goes, oh, my God, that's my grandfather. I says, well, I think that's who's coming through with the messages today. So, you know, somebody finds the portal when you sit down, and then they bring in all the information. And the information just flowed after that. More stuff came in. Names became very easy. We were just, it was almost like a rehash. And even though she came to talk to me about a job change, it ended up a connection with a grandfather. So you never know what's going to happen or what I'm going to get in my mind. I have no way of preparing for these. So you see images, but mainly in, in something that symbolizes, in an icon, a symbol of some kind? No, I actually saw the or man see, with the, the dirty fingernails that smoked the cigarette. So I mean, you see all kinds of things. And right. The trick so is that, to know what they mean. Exactly, exactly. But, they, you know, I believe the people are the medium. They're the ones, these people, you know, people from the other side come through, they find this porthole. I just have to do the translating. Exactly. You know, what's going on there? So I'm more of a translator than anything, and I just need a little bit of help. So and, when I do ask these questions, but I'm onto something, and and it's not I'm a hundred percent sure, but usually it is, you know, what is supposed to be. It is the person trying to come through, and I get details to prove it that this is the individual. Oh, you do. Not too right. long ago. I had a friend of mine at a house, at my house, and she wanted to talk to you about her brother. Now, her brother had died last August. 
They were very close. You don't know my friend, and you didn't know anything at all about her brother. No. Now, I heard my side. I heard what she had to say, but I didn't hear all of yours until we listened to the recording. Uh, and we did have a recording. We we wanted to play clips for you. Unfortunately, they're not available. But um, I still want to go through what mm-hmm. happened on that reading because it was really quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we started, you, know, you did not know the brother's name. Never. And right in the beginning of the reading, you you had it about as close as you can get a name like Lance. It wasn't quite on, and as soon as she said his name, you started laughing, saying, "I was get I was getting, I can't remember the name you were getting, but, like but the name was Lance." And it, it, I they heard were like almost a laugh, like a the single, same. But see, the thing was, I mean, it was a single syllable. Those, you know, those letters. Right. You know, maybe the N was dropped off, but if I would have worked it hard enough. Now, Lance isn't a very common name. No, it's not. So, but she you know, was quite surprised at, at at that. You know, she she'd never had a reading before, and she thought that was amazing. And I'm watching her, and then you start talking about, you ask her, who's the big D? Well, what was happening, there was a real strong connection with that. Right away... When we connected and I got into this reading, a lot of pictures popped up in my head at that point. And this is when you say, what do you hear in your head? I don't actually hear it like if somebody's got the radio playing. But, you know, think about a conversation you've had before and you're replaying the conversation in your head. That's how I hear it. So, all of a sudden, I'm told to ask about the big somebody or this name, I, it was very hard. It was a very hard name. I never heard a name like it before. There was a D, a T, and everything else in it. But And then the next, the next thing I said, ask about the big D. And you did. And, her and I said to her, who's the big D? And that was her her brother's adopted son, right? Which I named Dakota, but they called him the, the Big D. D. That's what mm-hmm. they called him. Mm-hmm. So by this time, she's blown away, and we're just getting started. Right, we're getting started, and the next thing that comes in to make my life easier. However, I'm getting this message, and then they I heard the name Alan. <laughs> right away, I just said, and what about Alan? And she said, how did you know that name? I didn't tell you that name. I know. There was a silence. <laughs> remember, I remember that in that reading. There was just a dead silence. She goes, I never told you that name. And the I next said, well, thing was, these aren't really his children. They're not. He's not their biological father, is he? No, no. See, sometimes people, when I see imagery of people, they kind of line up. And as this is, you know, as I said, as I'm developing this more and more, I think, you know, it takes many years, it takes a lifetime to really figure out what all these symbols mean. But I got a feeling that they were somebody else's children that he took on. And this was a feeling. This was a sense of feeling. And I had asked her, I said, he's not the paternal father of these children, is he? Now, I didn't know if it was from an ex-wife or anything like that or if he'd been married or anything, but I just had a sense these were not 
his children. So she confirmed that. Yeah, they were both I mean, adopted. So they were both adopted. But I asked her, though, I remember asking her in this reading, um, did one of them lose a parent? Now, a lot of people grow up with an aunt, an uncle, or a foster home. And that represents the parent when you're doing a right. psychic reading sometimes. And um, I saw a woman that looked like who had passed, Younger, not not younger. You know, I have to give frame reference here. My age, considering what's younger. Yeah. You know, anything under sixty-five years is young. So you know, I saw a woman that looked a little bit younger, who had looked like had passed, and I asked her, "Did this boy's mother pass?" And she goes, "No, he went back to live with it." But as it came to it, it was the foster woman he considered was exactly. mother that had passed. If you remember in that reading, that was, you know, the the imagery that I was getting, and that's how I translated it. We have one more, but right now it's time for us to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this reading with Donnie Tash, so stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Donnie Tash, a psychic medium. We were talking about a reading he did with a friend of mine. Um, and the last one we want to mention is he kept talking about what is, what is it that's blue that was with, around your brother? What, what did your brother have to do with the color blue? Donnie, you're on. Okay. Um, a lot of times people, when they die, we do a little something at their funeral. Um, I remember when my mom died, uh, the grandchildren put like little candies in her grave that she always used to give them. I put a credit card in case she decided to go shopping <laughs> or anything. So sometimes we do little things at the funeral that we kind of like slip in in our private viewing that, you know, other people don't know we do. Or sometimes something major. Um, as we went on in this reading, I started getting 
we were getting toward the funeral, and I asked her about a memorial. Did she send something out? And she said, yes, she had just sent something out, and she was getting ready to do something. I think it was planting a tree or whatever. And I said, yeah, there's a memorial, but there's something more important. I'm getting a big color blue. It's like a big navy type of blue. It was like honing in. Just picture honing in like a big giant sheet of blue. Mm-hmm. And as I kept honing in on it, and I said, there was something blue at this funeral that was very important to him. And as I kept honing in, I said, this was near him at the funeral. And then I had realized, I said, was there's something blue on him at the funeral? Then her answer, you heard it. Uh, her, yeah, her it. answer was, he was buried in a blue Michigan State shirt. He loved yep. that university, and he loved blue, and he always wore their shirts, so they buried him in it. Exactly. So this is like information that I always get gratitude from the grave. Things don't go unnoticed in life. Maybe people come back sometimes to let them know that. And we do these little things. And I, I, I think her reaction was quite shocked at the whole thing. But it was something she did. Maybe, you know, she didn't think it would be that big of a deal. But the message came through. It was a big deal. It was a big and deal to it him. Was, it was gratitude. It came through almost like gratitude. It was like, thank you for doing that. Well, you know, it, it's a sign that you really love somebody when you think about what they liked the most and you right. saw that they had something on them, with them, near them. Or oh. anything we do after, because like she was planning a memorial. She had just sent the letter out, and I remember her talking about that. So it's what we do either at the funeral, after the funeral, that does not go unnoticed, what I'm finding out. And it's lovely that he found a way to let her know. Exactly. And this was a true connection, I felt. There's she no was way. very comforted by it. Yeah. I, and you know what? I, I felt good that she was comforted by it, and I'm glad I got the message across. And to let it know her was her brother, because her brother did have some advice, and we talked about some of that advice. Right. And I think that was very important to her. It was very important to her, and you you were so incredibly right on that there was no way to doubt that there really was a contact there with her brother. There is, and sometimes we do things periodically after people die that we don't think they're going to know about or uh, or have any inkling that we're doing, and we do it, and might not be immediately. And no. you, you and I have been talking. And when I first met you, I remember meeting you. And I said, you controlled some people, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Over my lifetime, I've controlled quite a few. Yeah, but I remember, and I said, you controlled some doctors. You got the doctors in order or something. You know, you you knew how to handle them. And I never really brought that back up to you, and we've been talking and talking. And I said, and then there was an individual. I remember the first day I met you, and I called it tea. You said it was coffee that you used to stay up and have coffee with and talk all night. Right. But as we've talked, you told me it was a tea set. So (laughs) a small tea set or whatever it was. So I looked at it uh, as I was visioning 
two people at a table, I was visioning a teacup, not so much a coffee mug. It was a teacup, a tea Exactly. Cup. We were talking about that. And I want you to know something about that. And you're asking me, what can you get from Stephen? And I told you, I'm going to tell you now. Okay. Irene, and I kept saying, there's something in writing. I've been saying to you, there's something in writing. And as we got off the other day, I want to let you know, you did something in writing after he has passed. It wasn't right away. And the images that I was getting in my head, and I talked to Adrian, I said, Adrian, I don't know how I'm going to handle this on the show. I hope she gets it quick because the show's going to run by. But I'm seeing something in writing. Um, I don't know why I'm seeing what. Let me finish here. Then we're going to answer it. Let me tell you what I got, and then maybe it'll make sense. Okay, tell something me what you got. What? Like, tell me what you got. What I got, I got something like a magazine writing. I got a picture of ducks. I don't know why I have ducks in my head. Oh, I've and written I got several articles, and I think Phil. I talked about him in an article called Get Your Ducks in a Row or something like that. And the name was <laughs> Bill. Who is and the, Bill? Who is Bill? It was oh. something with, uh, it was written about doctors, and it was something about ducks, and it's been published or it is written, it's in your house, it's in a magazine or something like a magazine sound. Uh, I know I've done a couple things on the self-improvement blog. We had a lot of bills. And yep, it bills, but I think not a you person bill, because there were name. tons of bills. He died of Lou Gehrig's disease. We did everything we could to save him. Any crazy thing that somebody said would help, we did. Um, exactly. So there were a lot of bills. And okay, but was you, is that's involved, you were involved with the treatment. You were involved with the doctors. You were there with him. Oh, yes. I was there the whole time. Did uh, you, you know. document this? Uh, actually, I did document it. I've written several articles about the doctors and how they handled it, um, okay. it which okay. wasn't well. Right. Unfortunately. Right. Now, but that was not done right after you died. It took you some time to write this. It took me some time. I've, I've written a number of things about this whole thing, about Stephen. Uh, I wrote poetry. I didn't publish that. It was pretty bad, but it got my feelings down. Yeah. Uh, and he loved poetry, so and he probably laughed at that. It was so bad. No, it was something that you did that really laid the whole story out and how the treatment was handled. I wrote for the Arizona Networking News a whole article about how his treatment was handled. Okay. Thank you. That's probably it. That's it. That's it. I forgot about that one. I've done so many on the blog, but I did that one. I think that was the first one I did. Okay, and that was done sometime after that. So I kept that saying there's something in writing, that. and he said, I can't find anything. I can't find anything. That, that, yeah, that's, that's where it was. He appreciated that. He appreciated that. And that brings us right up to, um, no, we got a couple of minutes. Is, is there anything else you get, or can we just keep going? Well, I told you he was a free soul. He was a little scruffy and loved his motorcycle, too. So. Yeah, he was a very free soul, and and there, I I didn't know him when he was scruffy, but you know I saw pictures that were really scruffy. This man was the most spiritual, lovely being I've ever known in my life, and exactly, exactly. Um, However, like, there's a great appreciation 
for something that was in a magazine that was written that was related to him. That, that would be the one in the networking news, AZNet News. Right. Which, by the way, is a fantastic a holistic newspaper. Um, it's mainly available in Arizona, but you know, people who listen to this should see that they get a copy of that. It's ext- extremely well done. Great magazine. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of times, you know, we do little things and we don't think they go unnoticed. And if we have another minute, I'll tell you about one more little reading that I did where somebody okay, was quite one surprised. more little reading and then we'll go to break. Okay. Um, somebody was trying to connect, again, with a friend who was very close, sort of similar relationship like you had with your friend Stephen. And um, she wanted to know about him, how he was doing, and what happened. Well, I got a picture at first, and I was doing as much information as I could. And I got some information about the individual to make sure I connected. Yeah, he liked the muscle cars and all that stuff. But when I met with the individual, finally, it didn't become about that relationship so much. Is that it became about uh, her father, because I had the image of her father in a... Um, uh, army suit in a black and white picture in a frame and he wanted to know why there was no picture out in her house and she goes oh my god <laughs> I've been looking for that picture I have no picture out I've been thinking about it so that's the message sometimes they get a little aggravated from the other side too they want to that's, be remembered <laughs> that's really interesting <laughs> he was miffed she's, she's going crazy to this day trying to look for that picture she'll find it <laughs> I hope she finds it. Sometimes we put things in strange places because it hurts too much for a while to mm-hmm. to have them. Often so we move. Tuck them you know, away and place. then you know, it's like putting something in a special place so it'll be there when we need it and we never see it again. Exactly. That exactly. kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, let's go to break now. When we come back, we're going to talk very briefly about superstition. This is Irene Connell with my guest, Bonnie Tash. We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi, this is Rochelle and Jeff from Travel Hub Radio with another Travel Hub tip. You're late for your flight and there is a long line at the security checkpoint. What can you do as a traveler to improve time and efficiency and make your flight quickly? One idea is to take everything out of your pockets, such as sunglasses, cell phones, PDAs, pagers, and other metal and electronic objects. Put them in an easily accessible pocket on your carry-on luggage. If security asks you to display or operate these items, they're right there. Plus, you won't hold up the line when you have to do the walk. A metal belt buckle or a wristwatch is usually not a problem, but be aware of them and ready to remove them quickly if needed. Wear comfortable shoes that can be quickly slipped off and on if you are asked to remove them. Most of all, if the security personnel give you specific directions or ask you a question, don't argue. Just comply and cooperate. It's not personal. They're just doing their job. For traveling tips and much more, make sure you tune in to Travel Hub Radio or listen to the show archives and podcast right here on World Talk Radio and at TravelHubRadio.com. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Donnie Tesh. We've been talking about his work as a psychic medium. And I also want to talk a little bit about superstitions. But before we do, Donnie, tell them how they can find the Psychic Library. Please go visit this site. It's, It's absolutely phenomenal. Donnie, how do they find you on the Internet? All they have to go to is psychiclibrary.com and they'll find us. <laughs> go right in there. and get yourself a library card. It doesn't well, cost yeah, you anything, but then you well, get we, his newsletter. Exactly. You get our, you know, we have a bi-monthly newsletter. And also um, we send new information. We don't spam people. It's just get new stuff out there. It's a way to keep in touch. And it, we found that, you know, also the nice thing we do is a lot of contests. So by having a library card, you get entered into the contest. We've given away Kindle. We've given away um, Amazon gift cards. We're giving away psych- free psychic reading now. So, you know, we always have something going on, some benefit for our library card. Well, there's a good Never. bit of humor on there, too. Um, wait until well, you see the blue dog. You have to well, look blue for the doggy, blue dog. Well, blue doggy, I have to tell you about blue doggy. Two things were happening at that time when the blue doggy came up. Um, our monthly news, you know, our bi-monthly newsletter was being published, and Adrian and I had a spot, and I said, what are we going to fill it in with? So we went and we looked at superstitions. You know, and the first thing I think we saw was a hearse go by and all these things about you'll die, 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 die. Well, what's better what, what, what's better put on a psychic website than death? So, you know, we had already um, found an illustrator that we wanted to make a little mask out for our uh, site. Threw us some different drawings and stuff like that, and we were kind of going along with it. We were going to do something cute, like have the dog balancing his chakras on his nose or trying to channel somebody through a TV set. You know, just cute little stuff. But we had filled in the article with three superstitions that we put out there. Unbelievable response. (laughs) We were getting more hits on superstitions than we ever could imagine. So we put the drawing on hall. I said, look, this has got to come the blue doggy, the superstitious blue doggy. People wanted to know the origins or what's going to happen. With and it's very interesting. Right. And it's almost that we don't realize in our life that superstitions have just become like a habit. Or exactly. A, Talk about uh, it. Well, tell, tell them what a superstition is exactly, and then tell us some that you've featured. Well, Superstitions, I'll give, the best way to do it is an example. Um, how many people won't walk under a ladder? They think it's bad luck or common sense, but, you know, they always say bad luck to walk under a ladder or the number 13. You know, there's always a superstition right. around the number 13, and especially spilt salt, you know, spilling salt. We have a superstition about spilling salt, and we must throw it over our shoulder. Um, broken mirrors, you know, what's behind the origin of the superstition of the broken mirrors. So what we did is we started researching this and finding out what the origins of all these things came from. One of the most, one of the big ones we get all the time is about the spilling salt. Um, you know, historically, 
this has been going on forever with the spilled salt because where salt, did it start? It started because salt was a very expensive commodity, and if you spilt it, you know you were losing a lot of money. It was bad luck. But what really brought it to the forefront was the painting of the Last Supper. And in the Last Supper, you see Judas sitting next to a bottle of spilt salt. Now, it also correlates with the number 13, because he was the 13th guest at the table. Right. So, seeing spilt salt was a question of bad luck, because we know Judas turned in Jesus. So, he's not the best dinner guest to have that night. No. And, you know, I, I think it's more unlucky for the person behind the person that spills the salt, because you're supposed to throw it over your left shoulder to ward off the evil, but you're going to get it in your eyes, so it's bad lucky for both. <laughs> yeah, it's not good for the guy who gets it in the face. <laughs> in the face, either. So these are superstitions that just keep carrying, you know, over time. And, you know, we keep going with them. The thing with the broken mirror is very interesting. How many people say a broken mirror going to have seven bared luck? Seven oh, I grew luck. up with that one. Yeah, we grew up with it. But it dates back to the time when um, they used to use pools of water in ancient Greece and to look at reflections. And the Romans used to do this. They would use water, and Nostradamus even would do that, and look at reflections of people, and they could tell the future or whatever. However, if someone was looking in the pond or in the pool and somebody threw a stone in, it would crinkle up that, and they felt that, you know, that was a sign of bad luck. Ah. So anything that would break the image was not a good sign. And what happened was, in Roman times, they were um, considered very, you know, expensive and stuff like that. And if you were working for somebody and you broke their mirror you could become an indentured servant for seven years. And they also believed that after you break a mirror, since it's bad luck, your body takes seven years to rejuvenate. Oh, that's really bad. I'm glad I didn't know all that. Well, that's how it came back. So um, <laughs> this is where these have carried on from. And, you know, culturally, we, you know, they get changed and stuff, um, and we just take it as commonplace. I mean, this is very commonplace <laughs> that we just do these things, especially knocking on wood. How knocking many people on knock wood. on wood? Black knock on wood or touch another. wood. You know, that comes back from early man, um, when um, tribes and stuff used to believe that in nature and everything, that deities and spirits all lived in trees. And sometimes by knocking or touching these trees, you can call upon them or acknowledge them and be protection from misfortune. Oh, now, see, I did not know that. That's really very interesting. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of different theories on them. And what also, about black cats? Well, also, in the Irish folklore, by uh, knocking on wood or knocking on a tree, you were thinking of the leprechauns for good luck, too. Yes. So, <laughs> However, during um, the 15th century in the Inquisitions, while a lot of you see a lot of Jewish people refer to this knock on wood, um, during that time the synagogues were been built out of wood, and for refuge, you know, to seek refuge, they had to have a code to get into this building, 
and they'd have a special knock, and it would be knocking on the wood. So it was almost a sign of get refuge and be protected. Interesting. Yeah, so even from the Spanish Inquisition and all through up to today, the knocking on wood is a sign of bring me good luck and war. Oh, everybody oh. seems to do that. Yeah. You know, some people knock on their forehead and laugh and say, I'm Right, in on fact, wood. we have our blue doggy, our superstition T-shirts. We got the dog knocking on his head saying, knock on wood. You know, yeah. the closest thing we can get to wood is our head some days. <laughs> so. Yeah, you sent me a picture of a dog saying I I fooled him or something like that. I lied to the pet psychic. I'm still laughing about that one. I know. I lied to the pet Blue psychic. Doggy's great. Blue Doggy's great. Blue Doggy's everything. absolutely wonderful. And you know, so what, there's many you know what uh, well, we just said superstitions show up in everybody's life. What are some other common ones that you can think of? Right well, offhand, like you walk, some people walk around not to get in front of the black cat. Black cats. Black cats is one of the most common ones. And black cats, it really, in the early days, the Egyptians honored cats, any color cat. You know, they were considered sacred. Right. However, as time went on, and I think it was medieval times when they were doing their witch hunting, they associated black cats with witches and that they carried evil with them. So seeing a black cat was a sign of evil. So having that association, they became an unlucky, <laughs> unlucky target. Unlucky target. However, the nicest cat cultures, I ever though, had was a black however, cat. However, though, in certain cultures, <laughs> seeing a black cat is good luck. So oh, depending really? which way we look at right... So there's always two sides to some of these things, some of these superstitions, that they're not always bad luck or good luck. You know, it it depends, you know, where you're coming from, what your culture is, and, you know, how you believe in it. Another one, which is always I'd like to talk about, because it has kind of a ugly beginning, um, is stepping on a crack. Okay. Now, I think we all heard that little rhyme, step on a crack, break your grandma's back, or break your mother's back. And I think most kids growing up with that little rhyme. How yeah, they all, start, all know it. They all know it. However, we went to research the origins of that, and it, it's not so pleasant. Um, in the late 19th century and stuff like that, the actual saying of that was, uh, "Step on a crack, and your mother's um, or your mother baby will be black, or you will turn black." Oh, my goodness. It, it had that a is a very total change. Ugly, yeah, to me it had a very ugly beginning. So as things got a little more politically correct and it was changed, since it was such a popular little rhyme, I think people retaught what to say. Yeah, well, break your mother's back isn't much kinder. But it's not kinder, <laughs> but it didn't have the racial connotation anymore. You know what I mean? uh, and and, and that's a good thing. Yeah, On a happier note, we're, we're right up, this isn't why it's a happy note, we're right up to the end of the show, and I know that you have some happy kind of thought to leave with our listeners today. What's your final thought on this today, Donnie? What's my final thought on all Well, I think, you know, talking about superstitions, you know, that's your choice. I think common sense is the best way to deal with anything. Don't walk on a ladder if somebody's painting on top of or hanging bricks. Exactly. But when it comes down to psychics, I want people to know that 
if you go to a psychic, go with a reason, go prepared, and you might not get what you come for, but you might be very surprised what you get. The other thing is also a psychic is not a person who's to tell you how to run your life. They can only help you in parts of your life. So people that feel they have to call the psychic on everything, on relationships and stuff like that, that's fine to get the initial knowledge. But sometimes we have to look within ourselves and we can find the answers. Couldn't agree with you more. I think that's wonderful, wonderful words to leave our listeners with. Next week's guest is Camilla Gray Nelson, author of the book Lipstick and the Leash, A Woman's Guide to Getting What You Want from Your Dog and Your Life. Um, that should be a fun show. Donnie, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure. My this pleasure. Is a, it's always it's, a fun to be. It's always fun it is fun. We always have fun. Looking forward. I always look forward to it. This is, we'll have you back. Oh, I can't wait. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Donnie Tash saying thank you for being with us today. Come back and listen again next week to the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.